to you. How are you today? Are you good? Good to see you in church this morning. 23 years. That's a long time. I was 38 years of age when we started our church. Add 23 to 38, what do you get? Oh, you get a very young 61-year-old is what you get. And yeah, I remember the people that are uh, were with us on day one and just amazing that anybody uh, is still around. And uh, I want to say thank you to the church. Uh, thank you to you. Give yourself a big round of applause. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, doing church and uh, leading church and it's a lot of hard work but it's also very very uh, rewarding uh, in terms of uh, being involved in in leading people and it's a privilege and it's an honor well it's vision Sunday I love vision Sunday anyone else love vision Sunday I love it I love I love coming and just talking about you know who we are and and why we're here and what we do and just laying the layer of that over and over again because it's really important to clarify for people why we come together, why we are a church and what the church, this church does and, and beyond that even how we do it how we do it because churches are funny things I don't know uh, whether you've discovered that but I've been around for uh, a considerable amount of time in terms of uh, church like many people in the room and some churches are a little uh, let's just say um, I'm looking for a word someone help me with a word Different, different. Every, every church is different. Uh, some are a little bit unique in the way they do things. And, and look, it's all good uh, in terms of that. But I think we all need to know how we want to do it, how we want to do it. Otherwise, you just get every Tom, Dick and Harry and whatever other name there is out there that comes in and gets involved in church life and uh, wants to do it their way. And, and so we, we've really developed a a certain culture of, you know, the kind of church we want to build. It's like when you build a house. You know, when you build a house, you have a master tradesman. You have a master builder that uh, takes control of the build. And there's a plan that everybody builds to. And you just don't hire a laborer or, you know, a chippy, uh, a carpenter or a, a bricklayer to uh, come on site and, and just do whatever they want to do. Uh, you know, that, that, would be, that would be a bit awkward. That would be a bit strange in the building industry, and it's kind of the same in the church, uh, where we build according to a plan. Uh, Paul talks about that, the Apostle Paul, when he writes to the church uh, in the New Testament. He says, uh, I've, I've laid the foundation like a master builder, and he says, now let everyone be very careful how they build on that. Make sure they build according to the pattern. In the Old Testament, when God wanted to show, uh, what's his name? Who's the bloke that built the ark? Um, yeah, that guy. Uh, when, he, when he wanted to show him how to build it, he, he gave him a plan. He said, this is the plan for the boat, build it according to that and all will be good. And all was good because he built according to the pattern. When God spoke to the man of God that went up in the mountain, what was his name and got the law? Who was it? Yeah, that guy, Moses. Uh, I'm just testing you. It's not because I don't know, I'm just testing you uh, to see uh, uh, and hear uh, the, the, the voice of God uh, that God showed him things according to a, a pattern. There's always a pattern. Uh, it's like if, you, if you're not a pattern person, you, you can do a lot of things well, but there will come a time when you'll do some things that just don't work because there's no pattern to follow. Um, I'm a pattern person. Any other patterns in the room in terms of how you, how you do things? I, I'm a real pattern person. I like things uh, structured. I like things uh, ordered. And, and that's just me. Uh, you might be different. You might be a little bit random. Anyone know any random personalities? You might be a little bit random, and random's good uh, in, in some areas, uh, like pattern is good in some areas. Uh, but when it comes to church, um, I don't like random. Uh, I like things to be according to the pattern that I understand that God has put uh, in his word to help us and direct us and guide us, and even more than that, uh, protect us in the way we do this Journey. So today is Vision Sunday, and our, our theme for this year is favor. Everyone say favor. Favor. That's what we're believing God for in 2024. We're believing for God's favor in unprecedented ways. And so I want to go over some of the, I guess, the, the framework of different things that, 
you know, we, we are doing in church life. And some of this is a little bit of an overview from what's in our growth track that I'm going to talk to you about in a few moments time but it's just to help us all collectively uh, as a church so firstly why we are here as a church maybe you could help me with the tv it's playing up again um why we are here as a church we're here to firstly bring people together that's what we want to do we want to bring people together the church is always something that gathers people in an unprejudiced way, we gather people uh, to the house of God. And when we get them here, we want to show them Jesus. That's what we're here to do. We're here to show people Jesus. We're not like any other club or charity or organization out there. We're quite unique. We're quite special uh, in uh, the fabric of what we are. We're here to gather people, bring them together, show people Jesus. And ultimately, we are here to give people hope. We have one message, and our message is Jesus. We have one hope, and that hope is Jesus. We have one foundation, and that foundation is Jesus. We have one answer, and that is Jesus, to every situation and circumstance that people might find themselves affected by or bound by. So why we are here? We are here to bring people together, show people Jesus, and give people hope. Hope. We unpack that why question that we're here in a whole lot more detail through our growth track. And uh, our growth track, just so that everyone in the room and also online this morning understands, our growth track is a number of classes that we do. Uh, we've now made it three classes that we do for our growth track, and uh, they will be held in person. We've not held them in person for a few years simply because the world went crazy for a little while and uh, we're making our way back and so we're now going to be doing those uh, in person once again on a Sunday uh, late afternoon early evening. Uh, three, three parts to it. The first part is about being family, what it is to be family and how we be family together as a church. The second is about living purpose, about finding your God purpose, your life purpose, and living on purpose. And then thirdly, the third one is about joining a team. It's finding your place on a team, on the team somewhere, uh, serving in some way, or being empowered in what you do in terms of the community and being on team out there also. So that's starting on March 3rd. Now, if you've not done those and you've been in church for a little while, I want to encourage you to register for our growth track. You can do that at the Ask Me desk. We'll have a promo out for that very, very shortly. Part one will be combined with a welcome dinner. Now, if you've never been to a welcome dinner in our church, you've not yet been welcomed. And we want to welcome you. And we do it with food. That's our culture. And uh, we love that. We're loud and proud. We're excessive, we're exuberant, we're lavish, uh, it's ridiculous, and uh, it's a whole lot of fun. So we do welcome dinner and part one, be family, um, on that first night and then two other nights after that. We'd love to invite you along so you can hear more about the detail of why we are here. What we do as a church. Our vision as a church is really simple. Our vision as a church is to help people. We are here helping people. We are here building community. We are here to know God and we are here to discover purpose. Now this thing here, vision, this statement, it drives everything that we do as a team. It drives everything that we do and that we build, that we construct together as a church. So let me take just a moment to go through each one of these in a little bit of detail. So we are here to help people. What do we help people do? We help people, we help them heal. We help them heal. The Bible talks about how everyone needs healing. Everyone needs to come and find Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Everyone needs forgiveness of sin. That's the first part of healing. But then there's a healing that needs to take place in life for some people because of what they go through or what they're going through or or what they've gone through. And so we want to help people heal and recover in terms of life. So we want to be really practical in terms of how we help people People do this and achieve this and grow in life. Uh, for us, I call it messy church. 
Um, although I'm a structured pattern person, uh, church is in a sense kind of messy because there's so many things uh, that we do as a church. We do a whole lot more than what you see on stage right now on a Sunday and us coming together and doing church services, which is wonderful because we are first and foremost, we are a church, but we have a whole lot more activity going on around our church world in terms of helping us, empowering us to do good. We made a decision as a team uh, some years ago that we were going to prioritize being here in our community for our village, that we were going to be here for the village, for the community, and get back to what I call kind of old school pastoring of the city. This is not my church, that's my church out there. The entire community that God has called us to as a church. And so we're here to help the entire community as much as we possibly can. Um, Jesus had exactly the same Approach. He was here for the village that he lived in. He was here for the people of the area, the provinces that he was in. And the Bible says that he went around doing good wherever he went. And what he did was he engaged all of his uh, staff. They were called disciples. Uh, his 12 disciples, his staff, he engaged them in village ministry, in feeding people, helping people, um, healing people, reaching people. And so we've done that with our staff. Our staff pastors particularly work really hard for the village that God has placed us in. And so we've positioned uh, their skill set Um, to open the doors of our church and the resource of our church to help our community. Now, let me put this in some perspective for you. When we first started in ministry many, many years ago, uh, back in 1990, full-time, when we first started in ministry, in terms of being a church in the city, and we were in Victoria at the time in Ballarat, we preached to our city. We preached at our city. We preached. That was the message that we had as a church back then. But what we've grown to discover is, yes, we're here to preach, but we are here as a priority to serve. We're here to serve. Jesus said, I've not come to be served. I've come to serve. And it talks about how he laid down his life to serve. And I think that's the calling on the church. And I think we preach a whole lot better when we serve, when we love the people, when we love the city, when we love the community, when we love the place that we're in and we're invested in it, we get to, we get to speak to them. We get to speak to them uh, in a way that's attractive, in a way uh, that is compelling, uh, in a way that will bless them because we are them. We are them. Uh, We are a part of this community. We're not some uh, group that's outside of this thing. We're an intrinsic part of this community. So I call it Messy Church because it's not normally what churches do because it's hard work. It's demanding Uh, It's exhausting, um, but it's extremely rewarding because we're helping people move life forward. That's what we're doing as a church. So just practically, some of the things that we're doing. Our Skilling Queenslanders for Work traineeship program has continued this year. Uh, For those that are not aware, we're funded uh, by a government department called DESBIT, the Department of Small Business and Training, to run traineeship programs in our church here during the week. And so we have selected a number of trainees. I think we've got uh, um, 11 at the moment. Uh, We'll have 24 over the period of this year. And uh, over a 44-week block, two blocks of 22 weeks, we will have those trainees here working um, in our, our, our church uh, in terms of the cafe area and also the retail shop uh, that we run here for food. They are paid traineeships for people in our community that have major blockages and hindrances or barriers in terms of finding employment. Many of them have never had a job. 
Many of them have slipped through the educational system and have really, I guess, little hope in terms of the future aside from some intervention like this. And so we've put up our hand and we said, we will intervene. Uh, here's what we've said. And we will help and we will serve this thing. And at the end of the program, we assist in placing them into full-time positions of employment, into full-time jobs. And I've got to tell you, this is life-changing. And what a privilege... What an honour it is for us to be uh, doing that. Heath uh, is uh, our facilitator working the program uh, with us under Pastor uh, Marichelle's guidance this year. So we're so privileged to have uh, Heath and Narelle involved in that and leading in that and doing such an amazing job for us with our SKU program this year. That's a grant of $624,000 in total. Now, we don't get to keep that. That's not for us. That's to pay the salaries and supervisors' salaries and, and some other things. It does bless our church uh, a little bit financially, and we're so thankful for that also. We're here to help people through our food outlet and what we do in this little shop that Pastor Darrell facilitates and looks after out there for our community, and it's such a blessing. Um, you know, ch- cheap, affordable groceries, uh, meat, veg, uh, and that for people. We're, we're helping people practically save money, and we're helping people within our community stay afloat, which is really, really important and such a blessing for us. Now, we are planning to expand that ministry, and we are planning to uh, look at uh, different facility opportunities that we can have for that little shop, because we don't want that little shop to remain a little shop. We want it to become a bigger shop, is what we want it to become, because a bigger shop can provide more opportunities for people to help more people. We are here to help build you know, just on that point, I remember the days when, you know, people came to the church for help. You know, we, we, would, we, would, we would help them and uh, give them a little bit of money. I remember when I was a youth pastor, uh, a man came to our church once, and this is in Ballarat, at freezing cold. And who's ever been to Ballarat? It's a beautiful place, but it's one of the coldest places in Australia. It's so cold and rains constantly. And uh, I remember this guy coming to our church and I was a youth pastor and he knocked on the door and he came in and saw our senior pastor and and wanted some money to get some some groceries and my senior pastor said well we'll give you five dollars now five dollars is you know back then was a bit more money than it is now but it's still not a lot of money five dollars but you've got to go down the back in the garden and weed the garden for a couple of hours it's like this poor bloke's down there barefoot, you know, hardly got any clothes. He's freezing cold and all that. For, and I'm just thinking, thank God we've come a whole lot further. Thank God we've got a whole lot, come a whole lot further. We have people come here now. We give them emergency food supplies. We've helped people financially in terms of uh, different bills that they uh, were not able to pay when they were genuine. And we've been able to help out with that. And I'm so blessed that, that we get to do that on your behalf. Give yourself a big round of applause. We get that to do for you, uh, on, on behalf of you, for other people. We're also here to build community, not just help people. We're here to build community with one another and with other people and welcome people into, let's call it God's family, uh, the church. We're, we're here to do that. And one of the best ways for us to build community within the church world is, as Pastor Marichal spoke about before, in terms of our connect groups. And we've had this new card done up and on the back uh, listed the different connect group options that we have as a church. There's a table down there as you leave the auditorium this morning. I'd love for you to sign up for a connect group. If you don't know what one to attend to, go to the Ask Me desk and, and talk to them and they will walk you through that or grab someone that looks important and uh, ask them, and they will also help you. You know, connect groups are one of the best way to organically care for people. Where people care, people share, you have some fun, you build a network of, of people that become your tribe, who will pray for you when you're in challenge and difficulty and uh, circumstances, and it's, it's real family, and I, I highly recommend you be involved in connect group if you're a part of our church. Most importantly, we're here to know God. 
We are here to know God. We want to help people find God. We want to help people know God and get to know God and, and how God works in their life and can make an amazing difference. So we're here, like Jesus, to build followers and disciples of God that would live according to his word and according to his way. It's very important to me that we help people find purpose. And so that's another thing that we do. We're here to help them discover their life purpose, uh, their purpose in the kingdom of God, uh, where they make a a sense of uh, unique difference. And so all of our team work diligently at helping people to do that. So church, we need you on board. Turn to your neighbor and say, on board. We need you on board. We need you on board in terms of everything that we do as a church. We need you on board with gathering on Sundays and gathering uh, in connect groups. We need you on board in terms of serving with your gifts, your talent, your abilities, and, and making a difference uh, because you're here to be a part of the family. We need you to serve with us and build with us. Uh, we need our young people gathering for loft youth. We need that happening. We need our families gathering for what happens in our kids' church uh, upstairs with Next Gen. For the women, the women got on board. They onboarded last week with an amazing women's breakfast to launch the year. This Saturday, Pastor Darrell's got the men launching this Saturday. Come on, guys. Let's be out for that. We need you on board for that. On board for that and, and to be getting involved. And so we're here to bless and we're here to build the church in our city, which is a real deep passion of mine. We are here in 2024 to work collectively with other churches like we never had before. Like we never have before. We're here to sow the seeds of working together in unity with other pastors, other leaders, and other churches. And so uh, on Friday night, we hosted here uh, a praise prayer night uh, for churches. And we had a number of pastors come from other churches. We had a number of our our people here. It was an amazing night. And that's going to be duplicated in other churches. And we're going to go. I do not want to be that pastor that turns up at one of those uh, praise and prayer nights uh, at another church and and I take one or two people with me. That is not going to happen. If the church is going to get together in this city, we are going to get together. We're going to get together. And I need to talk to some of the other pastors in this city because some of them came on Friday night with one or two people. And that's not the church getting together. The church is getting together when you come, when we come, when we be the church together to pray and to praise and break down barriers and walls and work together effectively as the church in our city. So we'll let you know when those uh, different nights are on in our city. And I'd really encourage you uh, to come and be involved in what we're doing uh, in that Logan City uh, Collective, uh, which is a group of churches and leaders that have come together for the benefit of our city, and we're wanting to see that grow and develop. Can I share some really exciting news with you? Thank you. I wasn't really asking for permission. Some really exciting news uh, that we've onboarded uh, this year is in regards to uh, the Light of the World event that's held here in Logan every year on October 31 on Halloween. And so it's it's a family fun festival um, outreach uh, uh, to the community on the night of Halloween. It's meant to be in direct contrast to Halloween and all the dark of that and it's called light of the world because Jesus is the light of the world and uh, we want to promote that uh, to the families uh, uh, of Logan City and so that event every year it attracts like about five six thousand people uh, within Logan it's held at the butter factory and uh, the family that has been running this ministry for the last say 13 15 years have done an outstanding amazing job uh, but they can't continue it They can't continue it because Shirley, Shirley Fryer, who's a very good friend of ours, she actually used to be on staff with us and run kids here for a little while many years ago. Uh, Shirley's health has taken a major turn and uh, they just need to focus on her and her health and and gather around her as a family. And so we've had several uh, appointments with the family over the last say six months and they've come to us in the last couple of weeks and talked to us 
Talk to us about being involved. Talk to us about engaging with light of the world. And we've talked to them about that and how that can look. And so we're coming together uh, to just move that forward. And so what we are doing is we have started a new neutral named company, not-for-profit, which will run events within Logan City. And it will run Light of the World and host that is what it will do. And that new company is called Logan Community Events. We very purposely not anchored it with our church name because it's not about our church. It's about the city. It's about the church in the city and I want other pastors to be involved I want other churches to be involved and they won't be involved if we call it impact something and so it's all about the church coming together under that banner and it is very exciting we have made a commitment and we want to build on the vision that has been established by the Friar family within our uh, community and we want to bless that and build on that and so it's very early days. This is only just a real fresh initiative uh, in terms of uh, us being custodians of this. And, and we consider it a real privilege, a real God thing. And uh, we're just so, so amazed uh, by this. We want to pray for Shirley and, and the family. So would you be praying for them? Uh, be praying for them because they really need God's help right now and need a miracle right now. So we are here to build future church that's what we're here for future church is what I'm interested in I'm not interested in old church even though today I'm celebrating 23 years uh, since we uh, pioneered uh, South City uh, Christian Church which merged into this church by the way to become impact on April April 10 was the first Sunday 2010 uh, I started on April the 6th uh, 2010 but we're here to build future church and future church demands an investment of ourselves, of our lives, to build future church. So can I encourage you to stay, stay devoted to the Lord, number one, to his church, secondly, uh, to the community and what God wants to do within our community. As Marichelle spoke before, keep giving, keep investing, keep financially uh, putting your best foot forward in terms of what we do as a church. Keep tithing and giving to what we uh, give towards because we need everybody on board. Can I, can I talk to you about some of the grants that we've been applying for uh, in terms of um, what we've been believing for uh, to help us move life forward uh, for our city to better reach and better help people? I want to tell you about some of the grants we won in 2023 because many of you wouldn't be aware of some of the business things that we do as a church. Well, in 2023, the first grant that we won was the previous Skilling Queenslanders for Work program for trainees that we did, which was a $590,000 grant to train. How many did we train in that first one? Uh, how many? 30. That was 30 trainees in 2023 that went through our training program, and many of those uh, got jobs or are in employment today or returned to further studies as a result of that. What a privilege to host that program, a $590,000 grant. We won $10,000 for men's mental health, and we had the opportunity to speak into that space as a church. We also won another grant for mental health for $1,000 to be speaking into the mental health area. We won $38,000 in a grant for Microsoft products over a number of years. That's a significant grant that blesses our organizations. We won $23,777 for a training grant to be utilized in anywhere in terms of training, and that's a real blessing to us. We won $10,000 for our our youth ministry area for youth projects. So the one you saw advertised before uh, about teaching uh, our youth in terms of basic mechanics on a car, that session, we'll do a budgeting session and two other sessions uh, that we're doing. That's all fully funded uh, by that grant for $10,000. We won a grant for $73,536 for a brand new Toyota Hiace bus that we can utilize for across the board for every everything that we do. It's just amazing. So seven grants that we won in one year in 2023. I remember the time when trying to write a grant 
and be successful in that was like pulling teeth. It was really hard work, but there just seems to be a, a season of favor, a season of favor uh, on that for our church. Now, grants are a way that we can go before, I call them kings. We can go before kings to ask for resource for us to do what we do in terms of doing kingdom work, for us to go about and do good for our community and beyond. Um, The day has gone where churches can rely solely on what comes in through people um, voluntarily giving in offerings, uh, their tithes and things like that. All of that pays for our facility and various ministries that we do and and staff. But beyond that, there's so much more that we want to do uh, as a church. And that's why we uh, write grants and apply for funding to help us do that. So 2024, everyone say favor. Favor. I believe that we are in a season of favor for our church, and that's why we collectively uh, have agreed uh, to call this uh, a season of favor and a theme of favor for 2024. We are posturing, we are positioning, and we are proclaiming favor for our church and for our individual lives. We are declaring it, we are proclaiming it, we are prophesying it, we are speaking it, we are going to preach it, we are going to teach it, we are going to unpack it, because we believe that God wants to favor his church and favor his children. Uh, Pastor Marichal utilized this verse last week. I want to go there again. Luke 4, 18 and 19. At a time when Jesus walked into the temple, the Bible says he picked up the scroll, he opened it, and this is what it says. The reading for that day was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free. Listen to this statement. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus was making a prophetic proclamation and declaration on that day. This is a whole new era. He was saying, this is time to get this party started. He said it before pink sang it. This is a time of favor. And we've been in that time of favor, but I want us to focus on favor and really magnify favor, God's favor in our lives. We are believing for a supernatural time of harvest and, and uncommon harvest, unprecedented harvest, unusual harvest, unrivaled harvest for our church and our personal lives through 2024. So I want to take you to a little man in the Old Testament. When I say a little man, I mean a, a little man that did big things, did big things, did amazing things in his time because the hand of God was upon him. His name is Nehemiah. And let me set the scene. I've been talking to Nehemiah to every group of people I've been talking to for the last month. Every time I get a microphone, every time I have a platform, I'm going to my friend Nehemiah because he's one of my favorites in the old Testament. I love him because of what he was able to lead and the the, the change that he was able to bring within his community. Nehemiah was, his job was, he was the the man that was appointed to pour the wine for the king of Persia. Every day, this was his job. Just pour the wine. Just fill the wine cup up. And one day he heard the news that his city of Jerusalem, that the walls were being broken down, set on fire, and plundered, which made him really sad in the presence of the king. And uh, really sad uh, because he, he just loved his city. He loved his place. He, he, he loved his community. And so he comes before God, and he prays first to God. You know, our first port of call in everything that we do is come before our king. It's to come before our king, the king. The Bible calls God the king of kings, the king of kings. We come before him because we understand God is the source of everything. So although we might go to other kings, like I've called them today, for grants, we come before God, the king, because we understand that he's a source of everything that flows into our lives. Well, Nehemiah had the same belief. 
And he comes before God and he repents of his sin and, and prays for the people uh, of his city. And this is what he prays. I want to show you the prayer. It's in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11. This is his prayer. Please grant me. And I've highlighted those words. Please grant me. And it's a little play of thought. Please grant me. Grant me success today by making the king, that's the king of Persia, who he, used to pour the, who he was pouring the wine for, by making the king favorable to me. Another translation of the Bible says by making the king do me a favor. It's the same thought, making him favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. Because it was a big thing to go to the king and ask for anything. And so in going to the king, he needed to know that God would be with him. And so then he went and he talked to the king. And he asked the king for supplies. He said, I'm going to need some wood. I'm going to need a letter from the guys that run the forestry department. And I want you to write a letter, king, and tell them I need this much wood for the walls and the doors of the city. And I need all that supplied. And by the way, I need your guys to drop it off because I don't have a ute. He was bold. He was bold. He, he boldly went. Be, you know, you can boldly go before kings when you've been before the king. When you've been before the king, you can boldly go before others and other people and ask them and tell them what you need. And so he went before the king and asked for all of this. And the Bible says this in Nehemiah 2.9. This is what happened. It says, and because the gracious hand of my God or my king was on me, the king granted my request. Why did the king say yes? Because the gracious hand of God was upon Nehemiah. I want us to understand the gracious hand of God is on us. The gracious hand of God is upon us to make us successful in what God has called us to do. Nehemiah is what I call a favor forecaster. He is a favor forecaster. You know, people forecast all kinds of things. Some people forecast problems and troubles and negativity and heartache and country and western songs and, you know, all that stuff. They forecast. I don't want to forecast that. I want to be a favor forecaster. Anyone else in the room want to be a favor forecaster? That means, thank you for those two people. I want to forecast favor. I want to talk about favor. I want to proclaim favor. I want to preach favor. I want to present favor. I want that to be the climate of everything that I'm talking about. Nehemiah, because he understood the gracious hand was, of God was upon him, he was not afraid to ask. And so he went for the, before the king and he asked big. He asked big. This is important. This is a season for us to have a big ask. This is. Let's have a big ask. Let's ask big because we've been before the king. Nehemiah prayed, God, grant me favor. Grant me favor. I pray for favor to be granted to us. I pray for favor on us as a church on the church in this city. I pray for favor for the people of our city. I pray for redeemed lives, restored lives, renewed lives, rebuilt lives, just like Nehemiah's day when his city was broken down. It wasn't just that the walls were destroyed and some houses were destroyed. The whole economy was destroyed. Everything was depleted. Everything needed a rebuild. So along comes Nehemiah with the resource, but more important than the resource, a favor forecast. And he talked to the people about it. He rallied the people. He gathered the people. He linked the people together to do something about this. He asked big. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. You know, the amazing thing about this story in Nehemiah was the Bible says they completed the project of the rebuild of the city of Jerusalem within 52 days. Within 52 days. You know, when favor is on you, you can move fast. 
there have been many seasons in the 23 years since we started uh, South City Christian Church that seasons have been slow, times have been slow, and, and you had to go slow. But I'm believing for a sense of acceleration. Someone say, put the, put the, put the, put the pedal down. Take the handbrake off. You ever try to drive a car with a handbrake on? My wife has many times. It's hard. It's jumpy. It just doesn't go. Take the handbrake off. Put the pedal to the metal. I want to hear those pipes. I want to hear it. I want to hear that in church world. A sense of acceleration for everything we do. So I believe we're in a season of God's favor. And I believe some of the things that have been slow are all of a sudden going to be fast. The Bible says, uh, do I, yeah, the Bible says in the book of Acts when they've been praying for 40 days. Now get this, we can't come to a prayer meeting for 40 minutes without it getting long. It's a long time, isn't it? They prayed for 40 days and then it says all of a sudden. Like after 40 days of praying and, and like all of a sudden. And so it's like when when God's favor is on you, the thing that is slow all of a sudden becomes fast. Fast. Who likes fast? I like fast. They completed it. The walls, the houses, the economy. Because they got to work. And they, they made it happen. You know, favor doesn't mean we don't do anything. Sometimes people believe that. Sometimes Christians believe that. I don't have to do anything. God will do everything. I just got to sit back and just let God do everything. The thing is, God, God, he partners with us. He wants us involved. He wants us to play our part. And so God provides as we partner with him. And so in Nehemiah's day, what he did was he linked all the people together. And chapter 3 of Nehemiah talks about it. It talks about how there was a jeweler and he worked together with the man that farmed the pigs. And then there was a perfume maker and they linked him with the, 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 the Levites and then other groups of people that came together to, to work to rebuild the city walls. And the key thought right throughout chapter 3 is next to him or next to them, next to him and next to them. And the people had somebody next to them working. And my thought is this, unless we link together in this church and beyond this church, unless we link together in this city, unless the pastors of this city come together and link together, uh, then the work together will never happen. It'll never happen. But if we link together, we can do amazing things in a very short period of time. We can move things that have never moved. We can build things that have never been built. If we link together and we understand we have the gracious hand of God upon us. And so what am I asking you to do? Good question. Glad you asked that. What am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to be a magnifier. I'm asking you to be a magnifier. I've said it a hundred times in this church because it is true. Whatever you magnify is magnified. That's a great thought. Whatever you magnify is magnified. We, what does that say? We magnify is magnified. That makes no sense. Um, I've, I've left a couple of words off. What we magnify, sorry, Carl. What we magnify is magnified. In other words, have a faith that's like a telescope, not like a microscope. A microscope, I've used this thought before, but a microscope makes something small big, whereas a telescope brings something big close. And the favor of God is big, and I want to bring it closer. I want to bring it closer. So I want verbiage, I want language, I want a culture that makes the big things of God close for us. Because oftentimes, for some, the thought of favor is so far out of reach. It's so far away. It's always for someone else. It's never for me. It's never for us. But I want to bring that big thing of God right onto the screen for every one of us and make it closer for us. So I choose, like Nehemiah, to be one, to be a leader, to be a pastor, have a team of pastors and a team that would be ones that magnify favor, just like Joseph. Joseph magnified favor. He had a dream. When he first started out, he had a dream, and he tells his brothers about that dream. It's never a good thought to tell your brothers about the dream early. He told his brothers about the dream. He said, I had a dream. The dream was, all of you are going to come and bow down to me, and they thought, that'll be the day. So they beat him up, put him in a pit. He was sold off into slavery, into Egypt. You know, you know most of the story, and he ended up in jail, and you know, uh, all sorts of things happened. Everything went wrong um, in, in his life, but all along, God was 
working to bring favor into Joseph's life. And the Bible says in Genesis 39, 21, that the Lord was with Joseph when he was in prison and he granted Joseph what? Favor. It doesn't matter where you are, the gracious hand of God, if it's on you, favor is coming to you. He was in prison. That couldn't stop it. He was in a pit. That couldn't stop it because God's plan wasn't prison. It wasn't a pit. His plan was the palace. That was his plan for him. Now, you may feel like you're in a dark place, a challenging season, a difficult moment, even a prison. You may feel overlooked, unnoticed. You may be wondering like Joseph, how did they end up here? Have you ever thought that? How did they end up here? How How did this happen to me? Don't surrender your faith. Don't surrender your focus. Don't give up on your dream. Don't dumb down your expectation of the goodness and the favor of God. Stay confident. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay confident. Stay confident. It's my job to help you be confident. It's, it's my job to help you have a Godfidence. I love that thought. A Godfidence about the way you look at your life. And so I want to encourage you to stay anchored in the hope of the goodness and the blessing and the favor of God. So be a a magnifier. Secondly, I'm asking you to be favor-minded. To be favor-minded. To be favor-minded. In other words, to have it on your mind. To see it wherever you look. We don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. Don't attract what we want. Just because you want it doesn't mean you're going to get it. You attract what you are. So you become favor-minded, you begin to notice it more. You begin to speak of it more. You put away the negative talk. You put away the negativity. You put away the, the problem. You put, you put away the issues that you're always promoting and magnifying. You're choosing to be a magnifier. And so you become favor-minded in the way that you do the journey. When you're favor-minded, you just seem to attract. I know I tr- seem to attract more of the favor of God in my mind and in my life when I lived that way. Nehemiah was like that. He was favor Minded. He was a favor forecaster. He had to keep all the people linked together, working day after day, focused on doing this job. He'd be speaking to them, preaching to them about the favor of God, the gracious hand of God upon him. He'd be telling the people, how good is this? I went to the king and we applied for a grant to get all the wood free. And the king granted me that favor because the gracious hand of God is upon me. We need to know whose hand is over us and shadows everything that we do and preach to ourselves about the goodness and the favor of God. So let's be favor-minded. And lastly, what I'm asking you to do is to see it before you see it. It's to see it before you see it. I really believe that one of the great keys in seeing more of the favor of God uh, in our future is to see it right now, even before you see it. This is what the Bible calls faith. Faith is this thing that there's a gap between where you are now and where you want to be. And that gap, that chasm, that gulf is filled by a spirit of faith, the spirit of belief. You don't need faith when you've got it. You need faith when you're believing for it. You need faith when you start the journey. When you start the journey. I needed faith 23 years ago when I stood in that little scout hall on Sunnybank Hills and there were our families and and a few other people that gathered and I stood there and I preached the word on that first day and we were trying to be a church. We were ugly. We were all sorts of things. It It was hilarious. It was a zoo. We had an overhead projector. If you don't know what that is, you're not old. Uh, We had an overhead projector is what we had. Um, I don't think we had any musicians. We might have. I'm not sure. We must have. We sang a few songs. Uh, we had food. We always, we've always had food. Um, but boy, I preached a big sermon on that day. I preached a sermon about us not being small. I preached a big sermon about us not thinking small, not staying small. We start small. See, we all start. Believe it or not, you started small. <laughs> I was small once. And I've grown a bit. And, and that's, that's the intention, that we would grow that we would grow, that we would mature, that we would grow up. But I had to see it on that day when I stood on that stage and I, I spoke those first words 
And it's the only reason I can stand here today, 23 years later, and I'm still speaking the same kind of word. And I've still got the same pioneering spirit in me that I had back then because I want to see some land taken. I want to see some people restored. I want to see some people redeemed. I want to see my community changed. I want to see the city made better. Anyone else in the room want that? I want that. So I've got to stay young. The body's getting old, but the spirit's getting young. Paul talks about that. He says, outwardly, I might be decaying, but inwardly, I'm renewed. I'm strong. Stronger than I've ever been. Be a magnifier. Be favor-minded. And see it before you see it. The more you, you talk about it, the more you notice it. It's a God thing. This thing is built into us. Like physiology that we have the, 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 the design that God has given us the way our brain works it works that way it's like if you drive a Barina do they still make them? if you drive a Holden Barina you buy one if you buy a Holden Barina every second car you start to see is a Holden Barina That's happened to me with every single car I've ever owned. I never noticed them until I got one. And it's like, everyone's driving this car. Everyone's got a red car. Everyone's got this thing. It's your reticular activator system, your RAS. It's designed. It's the Google Drive in your head. It presents to you what it thinks you need to see and need to know and need to focus on. It's what gets you home at night. Like most nights I can drive home, no problems at all. But every now and then I get distracted because I'm talking to someone and I'll drive straight past where I'm supposed to go. It's my, it's my RAS system that takes me home. It's like my Google Maps. It's just, the address is punched in there. I don't need to use Google Maps to get home. God's given me that thing. And I want to just reprogram my RAS system to be believing for, magnifying, be favor-minded, to see it before I see it, the favor of God. I want that. I gotta see it before I see it. I need to say it before I see it. Before I see what I see, I've got to say it. Say it loud and say it proud and be a forecaster. You know, one of the best decisions that you can make for your life and your future is to become a favor forecaster. And so decide today that in every season, in every season throughout my life, that I'll remain confident and I will look until I can see the favor of God, that I will do that. And here's why. David said it. He said, I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness or the favor of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I would have given up Can I ask you a question? What will it take for you to give up? What will it take for you to give up? Because people give up. They give up. They give up because they can't see it. They give up because they haven't got it yet. You've got to see it before you see it. That's how faith works. There have been many times I would have given up had I not believed that I would see the favor of God in the land of the living. And I believe wholeheartedly that we're in a season for our lives, for our church, where we would see the goodness and the favor of God in a measure we've not seen it up until this point of time. So I'm going to proclaim it today. I'm going to prophesy it. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to forecast it. So I apologize in advance that every conversation I have with you I talk about it don't shut me down don't not listen to me because I want to be that Nehemiah voice I want to be that that sense of bringing God's voice to the challenge to the hardness to the difficulties that we all live with that we all live with I can't afford not to be favor minded because I've tried the other ones, they don't work. Being negative in your head is never going to let you live a positive life. 
rehearsing and playing over and over again the things that have been unfair and unjust, it's never going to be helpful. What's going to be helpful is that I forecast some, some favor, some goodness of God for us. Would you stand to your feet? Jesus said this. He said, I've come to proclaim the time of the Lord's favor. That's what he wants us to do, to be proclaimers. And so let the voice of our church be one that would proclaim favor and goodness. Not just for us, for our city, for our community, for our land. Let's, let's be faithful in what we proclaim and in what we declare. And let's live with an anticipation. Let's live with an expectancy. Let's live with the delight of God doing something good. Let's understand His gracious hand of favor is on us. We've come before our King. And because we come before our King, we can stand before any King with a boldness in our heart and we'd ask them, would you help? Would you help? So when we apply for a grant to build school buildings overseas in the Philippines for about $400,000, we can do that boldly. And we can believe that God is going to make a way. Why? Because He wants those kids to have buildings. He wants it to happen. He wants it to happen. I want you to pray with us. I want you to stand with us. I want you to invest with us. I want you to onboard with us like you have been. I want to thank you to all the families and the individuals that have remained absolutely so faithful in what we're doing together. We're doing it for our sons. We're doing it for our daughters. We're doing it for our grandchildren. We're doing it for generations to come. We're doing it because the favor of God is promised upon them. That's why we're doing it. And we are going to keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I want to pray for you. Then we're going to lean in and just worship and sing this song, The Blessing, together as we finish today. We've got hospitality this morning. Um, I'm not sure what we got. Have we? we got free hospitality today. So hang around. We've got some food and all of that. You can buy your coffee from the cafe. Cost you $25 for coffee today. Uh, you can buy your coffee from the cafe and food's free uh, and uh, just enjoy. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, for the people of our church and the people that are online, a part of our online community today, we pray for the goodness and the favor and the blessing of God. We forecast it, Father. We forecast good weather. We forecast the favor of God. The gracious hand of God is upon us. And so we expect to see the hand of God bring, Lord, unequaled, unrivaled, unprecedented favor, accelerated favor for every single one of us and us corporately in Jesus' name. Help us to make an impact in our city. We are not just want to be impact on name, we want to be impact in practice, Father. Help our churches come together. Help pastors come together. Help congregations come together. Help the plan to come together. Link us to work together alongside of each other is what we pray in the name of of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, lift your voice.
day, church. Have a great week. Have an amazing year for 2024. God bless you. Go and enjoy some hospitality in the cafe. Thank you for our online community today. So good to have you with us today. Have an amazing week yourself. God bless you. Thank you very, very much.